0: Casting to Ottawa Senator fans around the world. Around the world. It's the Sins Nation Podcast. From praising Alfie to Brady Kachuk and everything in between. If it matters to Sins fans, we're talking about it right here. And now, here's Steve Warren. Alright, coming up today on the program, a very busy show. We're going to talk about an interview that Eugene Melnick gave with Bob McCowan on his podcast. Some pretty interesting stuff in there. We'll discuss uh, Bruce Garriock's call about uh, what's going on with the Ottawa Senators goaltending situation. Sens first rounder Ridley Gregg has COVID. Uh, Some news on Tim Stutzla, the Sens reverse retro jerseys, and a whole lot more coming up today on the Sens Nation podcast. Thank you for being with us. We hope you enjoy the show. Let's bring on Live from downtown Saskatoon, the coach Greg Kennedy. How are things, Greg?
1: Just wonderful, Stephen. Seeing a large part of the country that I've never seen before. It's been uh, it's been an interesting uh, l- a week so far for me.
0: Yeah, let's reset for those who missed our last episode. You have taken a job. You're, um, you know, most of your coaching has been done here in Ottawa, but you're heading to Slave Lake, Alberta, to do some junior coaching with. Um, the ice ducks ducks, I've got a renegade uh tier two junior team so you've been driving pretty much every day since we last spoke um so you're in Saskatoon right now and and like how's how's the drive been
1: the drive's been amazing really my first day I, I it's 40 hours so I said okay I'll do it in five days eight hours a day so day one I drove eight hours to Timmins Um, It was winter in Timmins. It was cold and windy and a lot of snow. Um, Then I drove to Thunder Bay and it was still winter in Thunder Bay. But Mm -hmm. last night I was in Winnipeg. It was downright balmy at plus three in Winnipeg last night. Then it got a little dicey today. Driving from Winnipeg uh, to Saskatoon on the prairies on a flat road, even though it was four lane, blowing snow, transport trucks. It was white knuckle time every once in a while today. A little scary.
0: I love this story, by the way. I'm going to be living vicariously through you. <laughs> it is, a, it is you know what? It's a it's a great Canadian story. Uh, guy's driving across the country in you uh, know, in sometimes foul conditions to uh, to become a coach of this team. And uh, when is your first game practice? <laughs> like are you, right? Are they? Because I I think I looked online. They've already played four games. Oh, oh more than that. They're four and two right now. Okay.
1: Um, they, they, uh, I'll, I'll, I should be there for puck drop tomorrow night, 730. I don't even know <laughs> who we're playing. <laughs> I'm stopping in Edmonton on my way through the president of the league called me to welcome me aboard and congratulate me and, and asked me if I'd stop in Edmonton on my way through tomorrow to meet for a cup of coffee and chit chat. And then I said, yeah, I don't know how much time I have. Cause you know, puck drops at 730 and slave. So I'm leaving, I'm leaving here at 8 a.m. And it's funny you mentioned you mentioned uh, living vicariously. I can tell you, I started tweeting the trip. Like basically, first day, I said uh, I posted a picture of my speedometer or my odometer at zero and said, "You know, the track begins." And many people have have called, texted, uh, contacted me through Twitter. It's been it's been kind of fun. Uh, some people haven't spoken to quite a while, calling me saying, "Okay, you got to tell me about this and where are you and what are you doing?" And uh, it, it, it's been interesting. I need to say hi to to uh, Buck and um and Gus who both said you got to give me a shout out cuz they didn't know they heard on the podcast that's how they heard about it and they're, yeah. uh, they, they're i got i got another buddy out there who wants to make a documentary other people have said you have to do a uh, a report from Slave Lake at the start of every episode of the podcast from now on so it's it's been uh, it's been kind of cool the the, uh, the number of people that have reached out
0: well what I'll do I'll give you if you want um I'm hitting you with this cool but I can give you um, access to the website and if you want you can do like a diary every couple of days because because I think people are interested in this it's a, it's a neat story so like you're you're going behind the bench tomorrow night and you don't know any are you, are you just going to watch from the stands first night
1: yeah I'll, I'll watch from the stands there is uh, an associate coach and two assistant coaches right. um, none of whom are are full-time like they all have regular jobs up there in Slave Lake practices at two o'clock every day. I've already been told that for well over half of them, I will probably be on the ice alone. So I intend to meet with my what is now my assistant general manager and my uh, assistant coaches and associate coach before the game and and talk. And then I'll sit in the stands with the owner and and watch the game. And it's going to be a week of meetings, I think. Lots of individual, small group and uh, full team meetings. I need to get a handle on on who they are and what they are and what they know and and then try to figure out a plan moving forward.
0: Right. Okay, well, we look forward to following your story, Greg. Uh, I see the headline, local coach travels cross-country from Ottawa to small-town Canada to coach junior hockey, and uh, it's going to be a fun follow, but we should jump in, see what's going on with the Sens over the last seven days. And Sens owner Eugene Melnick was big in the news headlines. He gave an interview to what effectively is his... Uh, I'll call him his media partner in crime, Bob McCowan. Melnick appeared on McCowan's show on Sportsnet Radio for, on well, many occasions, a very common thing. And uh, McCowan, like me, kind of has since moved from sports radio into podcasting, and Melnick joined him to talk about the Sens rebuild.
1: Nobody's ever trashed a team like we have. Like, I took out
0: our top six guys. Like, do that to any team and see what happens to them, Right. But you know, I uh, think the I
1: think the, the, <laughs> the six words that, the, uh, that a GM never wants to hear is
0: uh, we are going to rebuild. The, we are going to rebuild this team. Seven words. Seven. They <laughs> don't want to hear that because, uh, and they won't tell you that because, effectively, what you're saying is, you know what? The past five years, I know I spent five hundred million dollars of your money to try to win the Stanley Cup, and I failed. So the Sens owner Eugene Melnick appearing this week on the Bob McCowan podcast. That was 12 words there, by the way. An interesting interview, but half an hour long. We encourage you to check that out. And uh, some interesting stuff there. Nobody has ever trashed a team like we have. I took out our top six guys. <laughs> That's the money, the money line right there. Okay, does he
1: does he mean like I took them out, meaning... I had no intention of giving them the money they wanted and just took them out of here and got rid of them. Or does he mean like, Hey, Pierre, I'm sorry. I took out the top six, uh, you know, give it a shot. Like it sometimes words can come out different than what the meaning is. So I, yeah. I, I wonder if he really meant that, that it was a plan all along that they weren't going to re-sign any of those guys. Cause he had no intention of paying any of them that you could take it as that, right. You could take that as as, as the meaning.
0: Well, yeah, I I, I don't know how you take it any other way. I took out our top six guys, and then at the end, he's talking about this is the plan Pierre and I put together, and he's done a great job executing it. It really does seem to shut the door. There was really no door open to get any of those top six superstars signed as free agents. It seems like this was the plan. We decided on you know, annihilating the top of the roster, the top six guys, in the name of bringing in assets to rebuild, And there's nothing wrong with that inherently as a a strategy, but I I certainly didn't get that feel when it was all going down. It seemed to me that that was at least left out there for speculation. Well, maybe Mark Stone, you know, just didn't get the deal he wanted and it was a financial. No, it was pretty clear based on those comments that this was a game plan to disassemble and rebuild from day one.
1: Yeah, in that sense, you're you're absolutely right, and it's it's kind of scary because as it was happening, um, there was no indication whatsoever that the senators didn't want anyone. Uh, it was always stated, you know, we we like this player, we want this player to stay, or we've made a fair offer, or you know, you heard about offers that were made. Uh, to to be clear, we're talking about he's talking about top six, so obviously Carlson, Stone, Duchesne, is he including Dezingle in that?
0: Yeah, possibly.
1: Yeah, and, and who else are we?
0: Tourist Pajot.
1: You want to say Hoffman too? Maybe, maybe. Whatever. The, the bottom line is it looks, no, let's put it this way. The bottom line is it, it's working. Whether it was done on purpose, whether they, they you know the stated plan amongst themselves was, screw it, none of these guys are going to stay and we don't want to pay them all the money they want anyway, or whether the stated plan was, Let's see if we can't keep this guy, keep that guy, work around it. Whatever the original plan was, the course they're on now is working very well.
0: Right. And you also have to ask yourself the question of the guys, the six guys, whoever they may be, um, at the top end of this roster that they quote-unquote trashed and un- and unloaded, um, which of them do you want back? When you factor in the assets, the exciting young players on the team, Uh, Really, only Mark Stone gives me pause for thought. I mean, I'm comfortable with how everything has gone down, to be honest. So, big picture, they might have done the right thing here. It's just sort of that the presentation of the deals at the time might have been slightly misleading. Meanwhile, later on in the clip, that that line about $500 being spent on the last five years and failing, honestly, that seemed unnecessary. If I'm Pierre Dorian... You know your your most important hockey employee. Uh, that would probably rub me the wrong way. Gee, <laughs> thanks, boss. Thanks for putting that out there.
1: <laughs> like, what's he trying to say? Like, what 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 is the point of that statement? You know, like I I, I don't understand what why you would say that. It, every GM in the league spends five hundred million dollars of their owner's money over five years and doesn't win a Stanley Cup. You know, there's only five guys that could say
0: it worked. Yeah, why slap a guy on the wrist when you're saying in the next breath, he's done a great job? You know, you slap yeah, a guy t- on the wrist in the same sentence where you said, well, um, I took out our six guys, top six guys. This is all part of the plan. Well, if this is all part of the plan, you kind of knew that this $500 million was going to be spent without a Stanley Cup win. So why are you bothering to share that with people? I failed. What do you mean you failed? You you set him up for failure. You just admitted that. So yeah. I just, what are you, why are you saying that? That's that, that makes no sense to me at all. Some of the other things he had to say, um, he was asked if he wanted an all Canadian division and he said, no. And it's only for a hockey reason. This isn't our year. We'll be competitive, but this is the year the Canadian teams are all better. Every one of them, including mine.
1: And I, I would agree with him. It's he it doesn't bode well for the Ottawa senators to be playing eight times against Edmonton and Calgary and Toronto and Vancouver. I mean, Vancouver maybe slipped a little. I don't know what the Edmonton Oilers are doing out there some days. Uh, Which one got Markstrom? Calgary is still got Mm -hmm. goaltending questions, right? Um, Maybe they're not as good as they were last year. Maybe you can compete with them, but I don't think so. I think on most nights, it's going to be a long, hard season playing against just the Canadian teams. And he's, he's got a point. There's no easy stops in there.
0: He also says, on the other hand, uh, there's no guarantee that this season's going to happen. The NHL is working very hard to make it happen. There's a lot of stuff that has to get done financially because everyone is taking a big hit.
1: Yeah, apparently up to as many as six NHL teams are are looking to sell right now. I don't know that it's exactly a a seller's market, but uh, there are teams out there looking to get out. And a lot, a lot of it has to do with the fact that if you don't own your arena, you have to pay rent. So if you're going to pay rent to play a game and to practice and to train through the course of this season, and you have no revenue stream whatsoever, that's really, really expensive. That's that doubles, triples your losses. If you don't play at all, as opposed to a team like uh, Ottawa here with Eugene Melnick, he owns the, uh, I almost said, uh, Scotiabank. No, it is Scotiabank. I can't, uh, he owns the arena so he doesn't have to pay rent. So it's no extra expense for him. He, he just has to deal with no revenue, but there are teams out there who would just as soon opt out of playing completely because of the, the ownership situation with their arenas.
0: Canadian tire center, by the way. Yeah. See here, you're You're on top. (laughs) Corral center palladium. Nope and nope. Canadian Tire Center. Yep, But uh, Palladium Um, was always a good name. Uh, I wish they'd gone with that, but uh, money talks. Money always talks.
1: Okay, but you Um, could still call it a sponsor name. Why can't you call it the Canadian Tire Palladium?
0: Well, I think the uh, the deal has always been give it the most uh, boring possible name, (laughs) you know, a center or a place, because no one's going to go, hey, we're going to the center, we're going to the place, but they might very well say we're going to the Palladium, thus skipping saying the corporate know, name uh, so uh, that that's point. always been the thought behind it good all right we need more cowbell by the way if you're a sens fan and i'm guessing you are or why else would you hit play on a show called the sens nation podcast and by the way it'd be great if you'd share the show with friends or subscribe uh, but again, if you're a Sens fan, you'll probably enjoy the German mini documentary on our website, SensNationHockey.com. It's about Tim Stutzler and the days leading up to the draft. We didn't produce it, but it is very, very good. You should check it out. And and, and on that front, what is it with the first rounders for this year? Stutzler is now doing well, coming back from a hand injury, so that he's doing well is a good thing. But it still sucked to see him get hurt in the first place. And now another Sens first rounder, Ridley Gregg, has covid why can't we have nice things? If I'm Jake Sanderson right now, I'm a little worried. Look out for murder hornets, Jake. Anyway, Greg, it looks like they'll both be fine, both Stutzla and Greg. Greg hoping to play for Team Canada. He's supposed to be at their selection camp this week, but uh, outside the bubble right now.
1: Yeah, so he's going to sit, uh, apparently, they, they think he'll be ready to go by the 22nd. That will be the end of his uh, his 14-day quarantine. They uh, They started on Monday. Uh, interesting news there, Kirby Doc and Dylan Cousins showed up at for practice uh walked out to the bench at eleven thirty for practice today, but of course, just because it says it starts at eleven thirty that you show up at eleven thirty at the bench you 're late. The two of them were uh sent off the ice you don't need to your practice
0: How will you handle that with these slave lake ice dogs
1: <laughs> well I, we show up on time or you the exact same thing just go home we 'll talk okay. about it later
0: so have you seen the uh because I know you've been traveling all week, have you seen the reverse retro jerseys put out by the NHL for all 31 teams?
1: I've seen them all, and I must say, I think the Senators one
0: may be number 31. Oh, really? What wow. do you think? Even like worse it? than Wild Wing, the Duck? Well, no, I just I, I don't have it at 31 for sure.
1: <laughs> the Duck is pretty ugly too. There's a few of them in there yeah. that are really bad. But the senator one, like, what's oh yeah. come on. It's retro. Okay, so then go with a retro logo from the nineteen twenties then. we really have to go right. to, that's the exact same logo?
0: Well, it's not as bad as the Islanders. The Islanders just basically made their the, the shade of blue <laughs> on their navy blue jerseys just a little darker. It was almost like as I saw somebody on Twitter say it was like it was a class assignment they didn't really understand. We'll see you after <laughs> class, you fail. <laughs> well
1: that they've changed the shade of blue over the years so that's that's closer to the uh, early 80s dynasty jersey but you're right like there's nothing retro about it because they've basically had the same logo in since their inception you go to a team like buffalo who've had what like 12 different logos so theirs is a little different there's some retro to it but thank god they didn't bring back the the saber slug or whatever that thing was they had for a while but uh, I, I, there were very few of them that I liked, to be honest with you. How about you?
0: Well, before I answer that, how can you claim to be an Islander fan when you don't remember Captain Highliner? I
1: do. I just skipped right over that, my friend. <laughs> skipped right over that.
0: They could easily have gone to the old fish sticks, right?
1: <laughs> but you know what? I didn't mind it. If it didn't look like Captain Highliner, it would have been okay if the fan base didn't latch on to that and the fish sticks and throwing fish sticks on the ice, then it would have been okay Like to have a captain and you know, it, it speaks to Islander, it speaks to the, the captain of the sea and all that. It it made sense. They just needed a different look to the captain. How's that?
0: Okay. So
1: what did you like? What didn't you like?
0: Honestly, the, they all look the same to me and that is when I was a kid at Christmas time, Greg, I would always ask for various NHL you know, sweaters or a hoodie or something like that. And I'd always kind of hope that the, the same look of my favorite NHL teams would arrive under the Christmas tree, but they were always kind of that bargain basement one. It kind of it's like, okay, I, I was a big Montreal Canadiens fan when I was really little and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden the red Jersey arrives under the tree when I was a kid, but it had blue blobs on the shoulders. And oh. I'm like, well, this is not what they wear, but okay, it's it's still pretty cool. Um, and it was obviously a, a knockoff model that you got out of the bargain bin at Canadian Tire. <laughs> and that's what it felt to me with all 31 of these jerseys. Some of them are cool. Um, you know, I thought the Winnipeg Jets one was kind of neat, kind of that gray look about it. They put some yeah. effort into that. Yeah. Uh, but some of them are just ridiculous and a cash grab. But uh, as far as the sends. I thought they were as good as it gets. Nothing wrong with it, particularly. I didn't find it any worse than any of the others. Overall, it just, I just looked at them and said, okay, I know I'm not the demographic for these things. The kids are going to eat that stuff up probably, but just not <laughs> uh, my thing for the most part.
1: Yeah, you're, you're right. Like uh, The Leaf one is like, okay, blah. The Edmonton-Order one is blah. Uh, L.A. looks good. They went back to the purple and gold, but they used the logo from the Gretzky years i i off i have often said i liked the um uh, the, the one that looked like a playing card king i liked those those uh jerseys um you're right about winnipeg calgary that stupid flaming horse sucked when they brought it out i can't believe they brought it back
0: i agree um, yeah that's a really bad one colorado's good arizona's good
1: you're right about the ducks it sucks um
0: <laughs> you know you bring up Colorado let's uh let's uh wrap it up by talking about Colorado and Carolina are you good with two franchises going back and taking the look of the city they stole their franchise <laughs> from and bringing it to light in this new retro jersey thing the whalers will be well there'll be whaler jerseys in Carolina it will be Nordique jerseys in uh in Denver uh, are you good with that I'm okay with it, but I have a
1: feeling that the people of the good people of the city of Quebec and the fine folks from the city of Hartford, Connecticut, probably aren't too good. How's that? Right. <laughs> they, they wouldn't be happy at all.
0: No salt in the wound. I think exactly. uh, I never liked when yeah. when, when uh, the Washington Nationals. I think it was last season. No, not this yeah. year in the COVID year, but the year oh, before. Was, yeah, yeah. Bringing out those Expos jerseys. There was a moment where I was like, "Oh, it's nice to see those Expos jerseys." Uh, on the field once again so for about 10 seconds I said that looks beautiful and then I I think about the circumstances of it all and I go give me back my team there's Sens prospect Robbie Yarventia with another goal last week definitely a name of interest for Sens fans who'd like to look toward the future More on him in a moment and the reason we highlight a prospect. My old beer league pal Wayne Scanlon, who writes about the Sens for Sportsnet, had an interesting article this week talking about the six Ottawa Senator prospects who are already having success in 2020-21 so far. And of course, there is hockey happening, even though the NHL is in the midst of a very long offseason as far as Sens fans go, but uh, yeah, hopefully... This thing returns in January, but many of the Ottawa Senators' young players have been loaned out to various places across Europe, and of course, some major junior players have been uh, returned to play where they normally do. So let's run down some of the point totals or stats that some of these players have come up with. They're all very impressive. Philip Gustafson, for some reason, is only playing in the second-tier Swedish Elite League. I don't get that exactly. He's got a record, though, of 8-5. and five. save percentage at 2.20 goals against average. Um, I guess because they know he's only going to be a temp that none of the uh, elite league teams wanted to take this guy on. Is that maybe the reason? uh, That's possible. Makes sense, right? You don't want to latch on to
1: somebody, have them play lights out for you, and then they're gone at Christmas. Good point.
0: Robbie Jarventia is ripping up the Finnish elite league. 12 points in 14 games. That ain't bad for an 18-year-old.
1: Not bad at all. And he he did well in that league. Uh, last year as a 17-year-old too. So it's it's nice to see playing in the, in the Finnish elite league. Good for him.
0: Yeah, and, and a very high second rounder. So almost a glorified first rounder, just like Shane Pinto. Sure. Very nice start. Sens Prospects is a very good follow on Twitter. And you can really uh, follow all the Sens Prospects. And uh, see what they're up to. He's doing a really good job of uh, covering that. Eric Bradstrom, seven points in seven games. Immediately going okay. That's uh, that's not bad. And then it's Swiss. It's Switzerland. I don't know. <laughs> With all due yeah. respect to Switzerland, I'm not sure how how much stock I put in dominating the Swiss league exactly.
1: Yeah, I, that's another strength. Why why is he in the Swiss league? I I don't get it.
0: Yeah, like we're not agents, so we
1: don't know where what kind of offers are coming for these players. Like, like you said, if you've got a club, uh, if you've got a team over there in that league and you like the players you have, do you really want to parachute somebody in who's only going to leave later? So there's probably yeah. only a few spots available at the highest levels anyway. Right.
0: Vitaly Abramov. He's, uh, right now playing in the Finnish elite league. He has seven points through six games and, uh, he and Rudolfs Balsers is also playing. He's, again, you look at that and go, if you find places wherever they exist. I, I, nobody's leaving their first line center roles open when they know these guys are only here for a brief time. Uh, but in the Norwegian League is Rudolfs Balsers, and he has five points in six games so far. Balsers and Abramov, those are going to be guys that I think will enter camp with at least a chance to make the roster.
1: Yeah, and they're like, you remember when we were kids playing and there was that one guy who, who spent the two weeks before tryouts working at a hockey school or playing at a hockey school, came in and he was on fire right off the bat. He always he always made the team and embarrassed the rest of us. Uh, that's kind of the, what you're hoping for here. These guys are going to come in on fire, having been playing in a men's league for the last two months and, and coming to camp and they're going to look real good.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing with the World Juniors for Team Canada right now. Like the Quebec Junior guys, they're playing league action right now. Their their season is going. And then you compare that to the OHL and the Western Hockey League, which are not. Talk about an advantage for a Quebec Junior League player. They will be in way better game shape and way more impressive at these triumphs.
1: Uh, in the case of Bowser's playing in the Norwegian League, that's where he played as a teenager, by
0: the way. He, that's where he, went, he played before he went to camp. Still not where I want him, ideally. <laughs> yeah, Okay, but that might explain why he's there. Sure. And finally, Max okay. Gannett. <laughs> uh, very nice numbers for a defenseman. He has nine points in nine games down in Val d'Or, and uh, he was selected 187th overall in 2019. He's 19 years of age, and that is extremely productive at uh, obviously the blue line position. To be a point-a-game guy, that ain't bad.
1: That's not bad at all. We talked about right shot D and who's going to play with who. And we need some right shot D. He uh, is actually a right shot defense. 6 two,
0: one night. Now, speaking of uh, European action, Tim Stutzler is going to play for Team Germany at the World Junior Hockey Championship. That would come as no surprise in terms of that being the game plan for him. Is it, do you think, Greg, going to be the game plan for the senators should a january 1st nhl season be in the cards
1: yeah i i think they'll let him play um we we talked about this last week when we discussed lafreniere and and why the rangers may not let him go he's going to be an integral part of their club and i think he'll need to be a training camp i think in the case of stutzler if he hasn't been able to play much um it, it would be perfectly acceptable for him to go play in a world Junior, then come to ottawa and you could ease him into the lineup. Uh, they're not going to play him in the top six right away, so it might be the perfect uh, sort of warm-up for him to get ready. Yes, he's going to miss training camp, but uh, it's better for him to be playing World Junior, playing best-on-best uh, best amongst his his peers, age group, and uh, I, I'm interested to see how well he does. Playing across for Siobhan, loss it, turned over!
0: Oh, what a stop by Anders Nilsson! That clip courtesy of CBC and Hockey Night in Canada. Andres Nielsen with an unbelievable glove save after a bad turnover by Thomas Shabbat, uh, A breakaway situation and how he got a glove on it, no one will know. But uh, the news is not particularly good on Andres Nielsen right now. It's probably my biggest takeaway from an article that Bruce Garriott did in The Sun and uh, basically tackled uh, the status of all the Sens goalies and goalie prospects with Sens goalie coach Pierre Gru. And again, the news not very good about Nielsen and it doesn't sound like things are going very well with a concussion that he suffered on December 16th. And here's the quote from Pierre Gru: Right now, it's still status quo with Nielsen. He has good days and bad days. It's still headache-related and neck and eyes-related, and we're going to wait and see him in Ottawa and see how he is. When he was hurt, he was playing outstanding hockey. Disappointing because he's such a great guy, and we're going to have to see what happens when he comes into Ottawa. So boy does that ever leave the door wide open for Marcus Hogberg to be the clear at number 2 behind Matt Murray unless you think Joey Decord has a shot.
1: I don't think so. Decord needs to play a, a full season in Belleville. He he did very well after he was called up and basically bumped Gustafson aside when he got there after he came from Brampton. But uh, I I think Decord should be in Belleville for the whole season. He and Gustafson can fight it out there. And, see who can who can emerge as the better of the two I think it's probably Decord I know you agree you like the kid um it's it's a shame about uh about Nilsson that's that's that sucks eh I I wonder if he's even going to be able to get on a plane you've got concussion problems flying isn't always the greatest thing in the world um he may end up just staying there for the whole year you know however long it takes till he's feeling feeling better uh, which makes things easier for, for Marcus Holberg. Decisions are made here. I, I would assume Holberg's your backup, and he knows he's going to be the backup coming into camp. Wouldn't surprise me if they told him right away, you know, you're going to be the number two guy. And, uh, and, and he can get set for his season that way.
0: The other guys uh, that obviously are in the system, uh, Philip Gustafson, who we just talked about, uh, playing over in Europe right now. Kevin Mandelize, who's with Brampton, Medicine Hat's Mad Sogard, six foot seven. That's a guy that's another sort of glorified first-rounder. He was picked up 37th overall back in 2019. And finally, a guy they got this year, 71st overall. That was Levi Marilainen, who is playing out of Finland. So it certainly seems like they've got lots of depth in the goaltender position. Everybody we've talked about seems to have upside, seems to have great potential. It's all on Matt Murray right now. And then it's a jumble after that isn't it
1: but but the shame is you've lost a place to send goalies this year with the uh, ECHL uh six canadian teams not playing this season you've got nowhere to you don't have brampton as a as a spot to to put a goalie or two this coming season that that's a shame what are you going to do with a uh, kevin Mandelize? I, I i have no idea where they're going to send him now he's he's 20 so i don't know that he can can he, you know, he can't play junior. You know, maybe they'll send him over to the second division in Sweden and replace
0: Gustafson. Nice. I like that. Very efficient. And speaking of Mandelise, by the way, his longtime Cape Breton teammate gets his entry level contract. This week, the Sens signed forward Igor Sokolov, who was drafted in round two this year, 61st overall. And I think he's the first 2020 Sens draft pick to sign his entry level contract, which is kind of weird because they took five guys before Sokolov. But they do think they have a diamond in the rough there in him. Uh, tremendous scorer in junior. 56 games this year. He had 46 goals and 92 points. And they do need scoring help on the right side. And certainly the physicality in Belleville won't be an issue. The guy is six foot four, two 231 pounds. And the guy seems like a really high-quality kid, too. But the two red flags, skating isn't great. And most of the gaudy stats came as an overager. And that is always something to take with a grain of salt. But certainly worth a look. At 61st overall. Now, we need to take a look at the birthdays today. Yay! Cue the music! Uh, Who doesn't love the birthdays? Everybody (laughs) loves the birthdays. Ben Bishop is 34 today. Uh, Corey Conacher. Too short a time here. You know, too short. (laughs) Corey Conacher.
1: Do you want to play that song? Who was that clown who recorded that song for you? Good old Corey Conacher.
0: That was one of the listeners named Pav.
1: Yeah, have uh, yeah, terrible. Yeah, Ben Bishop was here for too short a time, and I think, in you look back on it, maybe a poor decision was made in uh, shipping him out. But did I don't I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you remember those times? It was sort of the decision that was made was was it Bishop versus Leonard?
0: Well, it was Bishop. It was Leonard, and it was Craig Anderson, and, and Anderson won the day, as it turned out. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it's just the fact that he didn't get anything for
1: him that makes it worse, right? Yeah, good old Corey yeah. Connick.
0: A couple of others. It was a very slow birthday week. We had Grant Ledyard turning fifty nine. Got played over a thousand games in the league. Did you know that?
1: <laughs> if you hadn't just said that, no, I would never have guessed that.
0: Yeah. Wow! I, eh? had, I had a cup of coffee with a bunch of teams. I think he played for eight or nine teams. Primarily played, though, early in his uh, career with Buffalo, Dallas, and L.A. And finally, Shane Prince is 28.
1: Oh, never made it, eh? Just never yeah. panned out.
0: Right now, he is a point-per-game guy in the KHL with Dynamo Minsk. So, Good at least him. he's making some money playing hockey.
1: Yeah, there you go. Good for him.
0: All right, a little sense trivia to close it out today, Greg. Oh, boy. All right. We're going to go with... Penalty minute leaders. Oh, man. We're going to go with the top five seasons as far as penalty minutes go. Like Chris
1: Neal, he must have the club record for most penalty minutes in a season.
0: He does one, not. One season, he does not. Fourth best was 0 That was the fourth most penalized season by an Ottawa senator at 231 penalty minutes. He only appears once in the top five. One okay, guy does then, appear twice. What about your uh, Mike Peluso? Number one, Mike so at 318 <laughs> yeah. penalty minutes in the first season for the Ottawa Senators. You just wanted to say
1: Mike Pelliuso.
0: <laughs> That's probably the only reason I actually came up with the question.
1: <laughs> okay, who else would have got a lot of penalty minutes in the
0: season? Here's a clue. Yeah. He's related to a current Ottawa Senator. One of their young stars to be. Really? As a. I believe he's the uncle. Oh What, like uh, who's Kachuk's uncle? Kuch- of- uncle? No, no, it's the uncle of Drake Batherson.
1: Oh, that's right. Um, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny oh, Vial. Oh, Vial, Danny Vial. That's it. Yeah, okay. Like yep. I'm trying to think, like, you got to go way back, actually, because there's just not, guys don't get a lot of penalty minutes anymore, do they?
0: No, none of the. Like, I thought Mark Borvietsky would appear in the top 10 somewhere, that he would have had one of the top 10 most penalized seasons in Sen's history. He does not appear in the top 10 because he never had over 200 penalty minutes in an Ottawa Senator season. Yeah, because it just doesn't happen anymore, right?
1: No, but yeah, Blusso and Vial. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Denny Vial reminds me of the other. Denny
0: um, Lambert. Denny Lambert. Denny Lambert is correct. In fact, it's, uh, here's the rest of the top 10. It's Denny, Dennis Vial, Chris Neal, Chris Neal, Chris Neal, and finally, Chris Neal. All right, well, that will do it for today's program. It was a little glitchy. You're, you're the, that, uh, that Saskatoon uh, comfort in. Not uh, up to speed necessarily on the best internet in the world, but we got her done, and uh, you're getting there. You're, you're, arriving, you're arriving tomorrow in Slave Lake, Alberta?
1: I am. I'm stopping at Edmonton on the way to uh, meet with the president of the league, for a cup of coffee, and then I continue on the way for puck drop at 7.30 in lovely downtown Slavely.
0: Beautiful. Well, we look forward to following your story out there, and we look forward to talking again next week on another episode of the Sens Nation podcast. See you, Greg. See you, Steve. Have a good night. Thanks for being with us on the Sins Nation podcast. If you enjoyed the show and want to help the nation grow, leave a positive rating or review. Share the show with other Sins fans. Become a Patreon member or subscribe for free and never miss a single episode. Until next time, Go Sins Go!